Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. Isham invites you to log on, listen, and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome Isham Nation to the Process This podcast. This is episode number 33. As always, we have a great show for you today. We're speaking to April Orich about human resources. Now, she has some great uh, stuff about HR that is both educational and extremely beneficial to the sterile processing professional. But before we talk to April, I want to talk to you about great expectations. So Great Expectations is the theme for the 2021 Isham Annual Conference and Expo, Together for a Stronger Sterile Processing Future. Now this is going to be a unique conference this year, it's going to be an in-person conference and expo in Columbus, Ohio. Now the board of directors and the Isham staff have come up with, again, a unique experience for you because this conference is going to be planned. It's going to be presented in two separate waves. So the first wave is scheduled for Saturday, October 9th through Monday, October 11th. And then the entire conference, the entire program is going to be repeated for that second wave. And that second wave is going to run from Tuesday, October 12th through Thursday, October 14th. So all you have to do is pick which wave you're going to ride. So the good thing about this is you have two different options to attend the conference. Now that first wave, October 9th through the 11th, that's a Saturday through a Monday, you know, you can, it's on the weekend. So you don't have to spend a whole lot of time away from work, right? But then the second wave, if if that's your thing, is Tuesday through Thursday. Now, if you're like me, you know, every now and then I like to miss a little bit of work, right? Especially when you're doing something fun, like going to a conference. So, you know, that second wave uh, has the added benefit of some of those reduced airline fares uh, for the weekday. But whichever wave you attend, they're both great programs. You're not missing uh, out from one to the other. Gonna be a great experience. Um, But you know what? If in-person isn't your thing right now, and you know, by October, you know, hey, we, we may be open uh, the, the whole country may be open by then, but still, if you're uncomfortable, you know, there's also a virtual option for attendees and exhibitors. So uh, whatever your preference is, uh, there's several options for you to choose from. It's going to be a great experience. Go ahead and register now. You're going to get that early bird special. So go out and go to ishim.org. Uh, look for the Great Expectations Conference. Sign up or at least start thinking about signing up, start planning your trip in advance. It's gonna be a great conference this year. Expect the unexpected. It is my pleasure to introduce April Ulrich today. April has more than 12 years of human resource experience in the nonprofit and healthcare industries. She has served in HR leadership role at Mosaic in Indiana, Rose Medical Center, and the Medical Center of Aurora in the Denver metro area. 
When she is not working, April loves exploring the great state of Colorado with her husband and two sons. April, thank you for joining the Isham Nation and the Process This podcast today. Thanks for having me, John. Can you tell our listeners what a typical day in human resources looks like? I don't think there is a typical day in HR. I could start my day with a to-do list, um, but based on a different priority and urgent situation that comes up, it can quickly change. We were always working to implement processes and strategies and initiatives, but it can change. We are dealing with people. And so if if another situation comes up, that can quickly change um, and we go in a different direction. Yeah, that sounds a lot like sterile processing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it does. (laughs) So over the years, I found that interviewing someone for a position, there's really an art to it. And human resource folks seem to really have mastered the interviewing process. Can you give our listeners some pointers or tips for successful interviewing? Absolutely. I think the key is to come prepared when you're interviewing. Make sure you know the company and you know why you want to work there and why you would be a good fit. Also, when you are interviewing others, it's really hard to determine if someone could be a good fit in a 45 minute to an hour interview. So I like to use the STAR technique, and that is looking at a situation or task, an action or and result to gather information. Because we know that past behavior is the best predictor of future performance. So when you ask a question to a candidate and ask them to think of a specific example that happened in the past, what action they took as a part of it and what the result was, that really helps you know how they operate and think in those critical situations. I always like to ask questions this way about handling conflict with a coworker or a boss, how they handle multiple priorities or an instance of working with a difficult customer, maybe it's a nurse or a department leader or a doctor, and have them answer not what they would do, but what they have done. I also like to ask questions about why employees left previous positions, because that gives you a, a hint as to if it's if it was a schedule-related or the culture was too fast-paced, then if you are a high-volume surgery center, you know that they're not going to be a good fit. And the other questions I like to ask are what their favorite and least favorite parts of previous positions were as well. You get to know what they look for in a work environment, and you want to make sure that they would be a match to, to the current environment you are interviewing them for. So from your experience, can you discuss some of the do's and don'ts when interviewing for a position? I think the biggest thing to do is to come prepared. I always, when I apply for a job, one of the things I do personally is I save that job posting so I know exactly what they're looking for. And if I am contacted about the position, I go through the job posting again and think of specific instances I have displayed those characteristics that they're looking for. And I think that helps you be prepared, kind of think through what they're looking for and get you ready for an interview. The other thing is research the company. You want to know more about the company, you have to be able to answer the question, why do you want to work here? It's almost always asked in an interview, and this is not the time to shoot from your hip. Why do you want to work at at this company? You need to know about the company. Um, 
You also want to have an elevator speech prepared about yourself. One to four minutes usually is what you're given. Most people start off the interview that way. Tell us about your background and, and more about you and why are you a fit for this role? So make sure that you kind of have that prepared and ready um, to, to answer that question. One question I personally don't like, this question, I, I don't ask it when I am interviewing people, but it is not uncommon for the last question of the interview to be, why are you the best candidate for this position? Mm. So have an answer in mind, be prepared. Also be engaged and friendly, May, maintain eye contact. Um, you don't wanna look down, gives the appearance that you're not confident in what you're saying. So maintain eye contact with the people that you're interviewing with. Always dress appropriately and professionally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I didn't have to use this as an example, <laughs> but I have seen far too many people walk in an interview not dressed appropriately. And, and I would say if possible, a suit is always the best option. But if, if that's not something that you have or can do, then make sure you're wearing nice dress pants um, for guys and a button down shirt, maybe even a tie. And then for women, you know, dress pants and a, and a nice blouse or top or even a skirt or a dress. Make sure you come in professional. You want to look like the job you're applying for. You want to fit the part. And then also come prepared with questions that you want to ask. You, that question is usually asked as well. What, what questions do you have about us? And if the answer is nothing, the assumption will be made that you're really not interested in the job. Ask questions about the culture, what success looks like in the role. Come with questions to learn more about the company. They're not just interviewing you, you're also interviewing them to see if this is a good fit, this is the position that you want. A couple of don'ts, please don't be late. <laughs> Anytime um, a person is late to an interview, I'm done and I haven't even asked a single question. Mm. Um, my rule of thumb is to be at least, to be about 10 minutes early. You don't want to be 30 minutes early. That's a bit extreme. Um, but my personal philosophy is I may be there 30 minutes early, but I'm going to sit in the parking lot for 15 and then I'll walk in. So that by the time I get to the spot where the interview is taking place, I am about 10 minutes early. You also want to make sure that you do not share negative stories about previous employers. You know, I, I think we've all been in a situation where we have been in a pretty tough environment and it was not a good fit for us, mm -hmm. but the interview is not the time to discuss that. You want to maintain positivity about your previous positions um, because you don't want to, not that you would, but you don't want to appear to be the troublemaker yourself. So don't talk negative about any previous positions, previous bosses. It's okay to say, you know, it was, it was not a great working environment. And so I had to step away. That's okay, but don't go in and blast your supervisor and former place of business. It's not appropriate. It's not professional. You also wanna make sure that you don't lie or embellish your mm. skills. Um, you wanna be truthful and honest, and it's okay to say that you haven't experienced that particular thing completely, but here's what else you have done. Or it's not the full extent, but you have worked with something along those lines. And, and it's okay to say, you know, I haven't, but I'm a quick learner. I'm pretty sure that I could pick that up very quickly. That's okay as well. Just don't lie or embellish your skills because mm. if you are hired, they'll find it out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, the other thing in an interview is to not ask about salary or benefits oh. <laughs> and including PTO. Um, that usually comes from the recruiter. I found 
I have found that a lot of times a recruiter that you talk to will give you an idea of what salary is. And if that is below the amount you're looking for, it's okay to pass at that time. But if you ask about it in an interview, when you're meeting with leaders, it will look as if salary and benefits are the only thing that are important to you. It's always better to save that question for the recruiter. Yeah, so those are some great tips and some good advice. So to recap, I shouldn't go in to an interview wearing a tank top or a cutoff shirt. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I have actually had people, this was not in a hospital setting, but I had someone show up to an interview in yoga pants, a oh. tank top and flip flops. And I was done. <laughs> wow. Wow. So yeah. dress for success. So Absolutely. So human resources is much more than just hiring folks and setting up interviews and sending out those offer letters. Can you talk about some of the other things that you do in human resources? Yes, I think HR gets the reputation of hiring and firing yes. and that's it, right? There's usually a, a negative connotation with HR. And so I think we missed the, the middle section, <laughs> which is a lot of what <laughs> HR is. Uh, I think one of the things that we do most often is orientation and training. So an offer is made and someone is hired. So then we've got to get them ready to be prepared to do their the job that they've been hired for. So a lot of it is orientation and training, whether that is getting it set up within the department itself, making sure the employee feels comfortable with it. And then also ongoing training with employees. So again, if anything new has come up or just to refresh those skills and make sure that they know what is expected of their role and help them to be successful in that. We also do a lot with employee engagement. You have probably answered and completed an employee engagement survey yeah. at some point in your career, maybe multiple times. And so looking at that information as well and where, what are the areas we can improve on and what are we doing really well? Another part of, of human resources is leadership development. And that can be in the form of someone that is new to a leader role. So if um, someone is in a supervisor or a manager or a director role for the first time, helping them navigate that successfully. Um, it's also working with leaders that have been leaders for years um, and continuing that training and development for them. There's also succession planning that is involved. So looking at employees, where are they at right now? Um, are they ready for that next step? And if not, what do they need to be ready? And, and how do we put together a development plan for them and to, make, to get them ready for the next step? Our, another thing is, and probably my favorite, is just coaching and mentoring others. So that can be with leaders, helping them coach and mentor their own teams or my own staff coaching and mentoring them and even employees. We have employees that come in and they want to move to the next step or they're looking for development in a certain area and we work with them on that as well. There is performance management and the evaluation process that we go through and, and performance management also includes corrective actions um, and terminations, unfortunately. But we do have to address the behavior that is not aligned with the mission of the organization and the role. We also look at compensation, make sure that our employees are paid fairly and equitably based on the role that they're in and their experience. We do conduct when someone is leaving, we do conduct stay interviews to, to see if there's anything we can do to keep them. 
and then exit interviews. Why did you leave? And then we look at that and see what what other things can we do to what do we need to implement to make sure we retain our qualified staff. And a lot of HR is actually data analysis. Um, we're mm. looking at turnover numbers, engagement numbers, information from the exit interviews to know what do we need to do? Are there changes we need to make to the culture of the facility or of the department um, to retain staff? What is going on? And looking at that data is a really good picture um, for us. One example, one hospital I, I worked at, as we were looking at our turnover information, we realized we could keep employees for the first year, but we were losing them at the two to four year mark. Um, and then once they got to year five, they tended to stay. So we were focusing on that group specifically. What was it about that group? What were we missing um, for that group that made them continue to leave? Um, and so that data is, gives you a really good picture and, and helps you focus in on areas for improvement. That's quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's why no day is the same. <laughs> exactly. What is human resources involvement when it comes to employee benefits? That will depend on the size of the company. But if there is at some high level, whether that is the surgery center is a freestanding surgery center operated by itself or a hospital or surgery center is part of a larger corporation, someone in HR at the top is making the determination of what the benefits should be. They're the ones working with the vendors to set up the plans, determine changes that need to be made to plans if, if any changes need to be made, and then also implementing them within the company. So getting that information out, sharing the details with employees. So someone is determining what benefits are going to be offered. They're working with the benefit brokers and the vendors to determine what would be best for the organization. Then I think at the very least, anyone in human resources should be able to explain benefits to an employee to be able to answer any questions about the benefits. A lot of what the role is in, in human resources is answering questions. It can be about benefits and other things as well, but it's the responsibility of an HR rep to be able to answer those questions. And then a lot of it is processing open enrollment, getting the date set, getting the time set, if there's going to be a benefit fair or just sharing the information. And then most often it's a lot of communication, communicating an open enrollment that's coming up or changes that are being made or reminders to use certain benefits. That's also a big piece of what HR does with, with employee benefits. So pay and sterile processing is always a hot topic. Can you discuss how HR is involved with pay for a particular job position? I think pay is a hot topic in every department. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, the first the first step that a company has to do with pay is to set pay scales for each role. And that's going to depend on the role and the responsibilities and requirements of the role and the market um, that the company is located in. Mm -hmm. For instance, Denver is going to look different than Atlanta or a small town in Iowa. The pay scales will be very different for the same role just based on cost of living alone. So one thing that is done is market data is looked at. So this can be nationwide. And then once you look at that, you also want to look at local market data data to determine 
are the pay grades appropriate for the position and the role? Are we in line with the market or are we totally out? Most companies do not want to be the leader in pay, <laughs> but they also don't want to, to be the one lagging behind. They want to be somewhere in the middle. And so when you look at that information, that can give you, using that market data gives you a lot of good information to know, are our pay scales set appropriately? And if not, what changes do we need to make to, to get them there? When you're looking at a pay scale, there's always a minimum, a midpoint, and a maximum. A good pay scale has ranges in those, in the minimum, mid, and maximum for years of experience. So if your pay scale is for 20 years, your midpoint is at 10, you're also going to have ranges from the minimum to the midpoint for two, three, four years of experience, and so on. To make sure, again, you want to create equity with your pay scale not only just within your market, but also internally. You don't want new hires coming in higher than your existing employees who have 10 to 15 years of experience. <laughs> Once those pay scales are set, I do a lot with comp almost on a daily basis. And you're looking not only at a department as a whole, but also individuals. So I would review departments at least twice a year and then it was not uncommon for me to just to pull everything and just look at employees individually to see, okay, you may be in the right range for your role, but you're a little low based on your experience and, and then work to see what, what can we do to get you where you need to be. When I think about human resources, one thing that comes to mind is really conflict management. As a manager, when I had a conflict with an employee, occasionally I would enlist the help of my HR representative. As employees, when should I come and see you? And as a manager, when should I enlist your help? Yeah, there is a lot of conflict management in human resources. And it, it's because we're dealing with people, people with different personalities, different perspectives. Um, and so we're working to, to meld that together to have a, a high functioning and a great work environment. But sometimes conflict happens. It's, it's the nature of just dealing with people. As an employee, I would say if a situation has happened and you just want help or need suggestions on the best way to approach the situation, reach out to HR. Let them help you walk through that. If you are in a situation and you feel that you're not being heard, if your supervisor has addressed you um, or addressed a situation with you and you're, you feel like your side is not being heard or the information that you are being given is not consistent, reach out. Reach out to HR so they can help you with that as well. Um, the other thing is, I hope that this never happens, but if you feel you're being treated differently because of your gender, age, race, religion, ethnicity, or for any other reason, or you feel like you're being bullied by your supervisor or leader, please reach out to HR and, and let them assist you with that information. As a manager, I would say come anytime you need assistance. Leadership is hard and it can be hard as well when you're dealing with, with people. And a lot of times I've seen managers that they get so frustrated that they don't handle the situation appropriately. And the same thing for employees as well. You get so frustrated that you don't handle the situation correctly. So anytime you feel your frustration level rising, reach out to HR. That's what HR is there for, to make sure that you have a neutral third party to work with both an employee and a manager to go through a situation together. If, they're, if you're new to having these difficult conversations as a manager, or if you anticipate that the employee is going to be difficult, 
bring in HR as well. You never want to put your yourself in a difficult situation. For an employee or a manager, regardless, anytime you want to reach out to, to HR, please do it. My only request is that you come when you, number one, that you've come when you have calmed down and are not emotional about it. I understand that situations can happen and they can make you have a negative reaction and, and that's okay. But come when you're calmed down because if, if you're not able to talk with me about what's going on, then it's not going to be a productive conversation. So it's best for both, both the employee and the human resources rep, if you've been able to calm down and so that you could kind of think through it. And then also that you come with facts and examples. If you just say, well, you feel a certain way, that very well could be what's going on. But your human resources representative needs the facts and examples, very specific, concrete information to share the information. Do you have any advice for handling those touchy situations with a hostile employee? I would say get HR involved as soon as possible. A manager or supervisor is always going to have a better relationship with their employee than a human resources representative would have, just based on the nature of the amount of time that you spend together in the department. And so a lot of times, you know, HR is, we're just that neutral third party. So we can come in and, and a lot of times we can help just diffuse it because someone else is present that is not for the employee or for the manager. We're just listening to both sides. And so get HR involved because a lot of times that can kind of just diffuse it on its own. It's also okay though, in the middle of a conversation to call a timeout and say, hey, I don't feel like this conversation is being productive. We're not making any progress. Let's time out for a second. Let's take, you know, if you just think 15 minutes is all you need, great. Take 15 minutes or you know what? I think we need to press pause on this conversation right now. Let's meet back tomorrow and continue the conversation when we both calm down. It's okay. It's absolutely okay to call a timeout um, if the situation is getting a little out of hand. The other thing is don't put yourself in a dangerous situation. If you feel like the employee could be difficult or hostile, get someone involved. Um, you know, when, when I am meeting with employees that I think they may not handle their corrective action well or termination well, I always have security there. You know, we get to schedule meetings for a reason. And so if you feel like you need to, I would rather you be safe than sorry. So have security there on standby. They can be in the room if you would like. Um, that can kind of escalate situations too. So only in those extreme circumstances or have them right next door. I always have them if they're not in the room with me. I have them standing in the office beside mine so that they can hear what's going on and come in mine if, if necessary. So don't be afraid. That does not happen as often as you think that someone gets violent, but Again, you'd rather be safe than sorry. Absolutely. Can you explain how to develop a fair, concise action plan and process really to assist employees to improve work practices and become successful at integrating with the rest of the department? Of course. You want to make sure when you're looking at an action plan of any kind, whether it's for one employee or multiple employees, that the desired actions and behaviors line up with the expectations of the role and the standards of behavior for the organization. So by sticking to that, that's going to help you keep any action plan in alignment with the goals and objectives of the organization and then help employees be successful with that. You know, if you're doing, if you're having issues with multiple employees or you just feel like training wasn't what it needed to be or 
several people are not grasping the expectations. I like to do what's called an, what I call an expectations memo. Those are usually for the whole department to outline, hey, these are the expectations of the role. And not only are here are the job expectations and the position expectations, but here are also the expectations of behavior and how they need to align with our standards of behavior as an organization. And that kind of just lets the whole team focus on those together. And you can talk through those as a team so that everyone knows these are exactly what is expected of us. When you're working with an individual, it, it can be hard. Again, it can, it can turn into a tough conversation, but what you want to make sure you're doing is you're giving them very specific examples of actions and or behaviors that need to improve and what it would look like if they did improve. So what's, what is that metric? What is it going to look like when they improve or if they improve? You want to be able to be clear with the employees so they know how that will be measured. And then also you want the employee to have ownership of the process. So while I like for the leader to determine the action or behaviors that need to improve and what it will look like when it is improved, I like the employee to determine how they're going to get there. How are they going to meet that goal? What is their action plan? And then also for the employee to have the responsibility to set up any follow-up meetings because this is their action plan and it is not being done just to be punitive. It is to be done to help them develop and grow as an employee. And so for them to own that responsibility, that tends to help. You will see those that are, they're like, oh, you know, I didn't realize this. And they rise to the top. They, they get an action plan and understand that, you know, they, did, they didn't know how their actions were impacting the department. So by giving them ownership, they truly step up. And then I have seen them go on to be some of the best employees in the department. Yeah, I like what you said that, you know, the action plan is really uh, the employee needs to take ownership of that and, mm -hmm. you know, have a plan and identify when they're going to be successful in the action plan also. So that that is great. If they don't own it, they're not going to be successful. So this next question, you don't have to answer. I'm going to give you a hard <laughs> pass if you'd like. <laughs> I have heard some horror stories in the past, and this is why I'm asking. But what, sure. is, what is the craziest situation you've ever been involved in while working in human resources? I won't pass. I will answer this one for you. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> I thought of two. Um, I will say, you know, we talked earlier about hostile um, employee and what to do. There has only been in my 12 years in HR, I only had one situation where security actually had to step in between the employee and myself. Um, we did, unfortunately, it was because of the employee's behavior, which when I tell you what she did, you're not going to be surprised. Uh -oh. um, <laughs> the, the employee was not being a team player. She was being very disruptive in the department. And so unfortunately, we had to make the decision to terminate her employment. We had gone through several coachings and corrective actions with her on this, and she had just not been able to change her her behavior. And when we let her know, and uh, she was yelling, she was calling me all kinds of names. There were a lot of four letter words thrown at me <laughs> in, in, in my face, pointing her finger at me. Like she, I had to step back because she was so close to me. So the security officer did have to step in between the two of us and she physically escorted the employee off campus. So that's only happened to me once um, in, yeah. in all my years. But, you know, it's one of those. It's like, yes, we made the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think another another funny one, it's it's sad because of the end result. But I 
I've had to break up a fist fight between two women in the OR. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And it's not, I know, it's not something that you would expect to see at work. Um, So we had to break that up. We brought them back to HR, kind of put them in their their separate corners, um, spoke to each of them individually, and then terminated both in that moment. Um, just again, that type of behavior is not acceptable. And these are not normal behaviors. These are the two craziest things I've dealt with, but that's not a normal, that is not normal by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm glad you didn't say that was your typical day. So that, that's good. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> all right, April, last question. Do you have any advice you would give for an employee to help ensure that they are successful at work? Yeah, I have a couple of of just pieces of advice. One is just to be a team player. You know, no one person can cause a team to be successful by him or herself. As a leader, give others on your team opportunities to grow and develop and then give them credit for their successes. And as an employee, be engaged and committed to the success of the department and the organization. You know, work with others, even those outside of your department, to ensure goals and objectives are met. And I, I think another thing is just to remember um, you're dealing with people, uh, whether you're an employee or, or a manager and supervisor. I have been with employees at their best where we've celebrated promotions, retirements, even weddings and, and new babies. But I've also been with people at their worst when they're dealing with a tough situation, whether it's a corrective action or they receive tough feedback. And I've also sat in the ER with an employee who was um, considering suicide. So remember that you're dealing with people and be kind. Um, Consider how the other person may feel in the situation and try to be as sensitive as possible, even if the outcome is not what the person wants. One thing that I say in almost every conflict uh, management situation that I'm working with, and, and even when it's not conflict, is assume the best of the other person. You know, I know we joke about never assume, but <laughs> when when you assume the best of the other person, you're not putting your own thoughts or perceptions into their actions. So a lot of times we can be quick to assume the worst about a person and perceive something that the other, your coworker or your team member did not intend. It was the way you perceived it. So just assume the best out of each person, because then I think a lot of the times when you assume the best, you're looking for the positive. And that always does much better look for the positive instead of focus on the negative. April, thank you for uh, sharing some of your world in HR. You know, I know that I definitely have uh, learned some new things about HR and have a newfound respect for what you do and your your colleagues. So again, thank you for uh, joining us on the show today. Absolutely happy to do it. Thanks so much, John. Thank you, April, for speaking with us today. Great information on human resources. Isham Nation, episode 33, is in the books. Thanks for listening to the show. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, fill out the required information, and select the code GREAT EXPECTATIONS. The code for this episode is GREAT EXPECTATIONS. Okay, now usually... If you've listened to the show, this is the point where I go into, uh, you know, listen to us on the 1st and the 15th. But 
uh, I want to talk to you about CE. So I'm going to go on a little rant here. So let's go ahead and cue the what's on my mind music. All right. So to receive the CE for this episode, so you're listening to the podcast. You deserve the CE for this. Uh, there's lots of folks who are having trouble or having some issues with getting those CEs. So uh, one, if you don't receive an email uh, after you get the CE, okay, if you're not receiving an email and if, if it's not in your junk folder, sometimes it, you know, your computers or your hospital systems will think that the message coming out, the email coming out is spam. So first of all, check that junk mail, check your spam mail to see if it's in that folder. But if it's been a couple hours now, sometimes it does take a couple hours for that email to reach you. If you don't receive an email, one, most likely you didn't put in your email address correctly, right? It happens all the time. Uh, daily, I get emails about folks who aren't putting in their uh, emails correctly because it comes back to me and it gets rejected. And I do my best to, to try to figure out what happened in your email address and send those to you. So if you listen to multiple episodes, uh, it's really helpful for me. It's easier to get out, get that CE out to you. Now, if you're getting a an email that says, uh, unfortunately, something went wrong and you didn't get your certificate. Now, it's because it's either you filled out the form incorrectly or you did not select the correct code. Now, again, I just mentioned the code for this episode and the code for this episode is great expectations, right? So it, that's the code you need to get the certificate. So uh, question five on that form that you fill out asks you to pick a code and there's three options. You have to pick great expectations to get the CE for this episode, right? That's just how it works to get the CEs approved so you can have credit for them. Now, there's other information on that form. Like number one is... Uh, your, you know, you put in your email address, you put in your name. It's going to ask you if you're an ISHA membership, you have a number that's not required. All the rest of the questions are required. And then it's going to ask if you actually listen to the episode and you check yes. And then we have question five where you go to that code. Again, you got to, you got to select the correct code. And that code is given out in every episode and the code is different for every episode. So uh, to get the CEs, I want you to get those CEs. Uh, so make sure you're filling those out correctly. If you don't see an email, if you're not getting anything, if you say, hey, you know, I, I listened to it, I select this, no, nothing, I got nothing back. What you need to do, it's a real simple process. Just email me at podcast at isham.org and I can help you out. Yeah, so if you have any other issues, just again, just email me uh podcast.ishim.org and I'll do my best to help you out. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for listening to the rant. Check out the conference. It's going to be a great conference this year. Go ahead and start planning now. Plan ahead. And as always, stay classy, Isham Nation, and we'll see you next time.